Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom to all our viewers from Jerusalem. This is TV7 with another uh, edition of uh, Middle East Review. I am Danny Ayalon. With me, Colonel Reserve Dr. Iran Lerman. Hi, Iran. Hi. So another uh, very hectic period. Uh, what we've had uh, in the last uh, few weeks, uh, we saw intensification of attacks on Iranians' uh, entrenchment in uh, Syria. Of course, according to um, foreign sources, it was Israeli uh, who did it, who are trying to really push uh, Iran from its uh, borders. We also uh, saw an interesting um, interaction between Israel and uh, Turkey, where the Turks uh, kept two innocent Israeli um, civilians, tourists, and with very um, tough pressure from Israel, they were released. Um, unharmed. But still, I think, looming over, we have now the Hamas issue, the Hamas terror, and we will come to it, I guess, at the major uh, chunk of the program. But before that, Iran, you want to maybe discuss Iran, Syria, and also Turkey in a way? Well, above all, above all, uh, what we are watching now is the run-up to the crucial negotiations which are supposed to start uh, with Iran over the nuclear project. And uh, messages coming from uh, very high places in the Biden administration, which indicate frustration and concern about Iranian behavior and Iranian intentions, particularly what uh, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, said in, in a conference in Bahrain, which even the location is significant. There may be people in the Biden administration who very much want and hope to achieve a breakthrough and a return to the agreement to the JCPOA, but there are others who are increasingly coming to recognize that under Khamenei and Raisi, Iran is not going to be accommodated. Its behavior regionally is increasingly provocative. There was a major raid of Houthi-backed, uh, Iranian, uh, 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 Iranian-backed Houthi drones on, uh, on Saudi Arabian targets. Uh, the tensions between Israel and Iran are rising, not only in Syria. Uh, again, according to some, uh, uh, Israel may have been the author of two major cyber attacks in, in Iran uh, recently as an indication of what uh, uh, may happen. Um, Iran is apparently trying to retaliate against Israeli targets. There's a war of sorts already going on, not only a hot war um, of uh, of limited impact in Syria, but also a cyber war and clearly an ideological and political war. This is at the core of what may happen if the negotiations fail. 
Iran, do you see a correlation between intensification of attacks on Iran, whether uh, by military, whether in their posts in uh, Syria, whether by cyber, whether in, in the sea, uh, with the stalemate uh, in Vienna, or with the thinking that the Iranians are not going to sign an agreement like the JCPOA? Well, clearly the Iranians have been testing the resolve and the capabilities of the United States to respond to their provocations as a way of signaling that they will not be intimidated by the military superiority of the United States or other options that have been mentioned by American leaders and, of course, by Israeli leaders if the negotiations fail. So this is a test of wills. And in Israel, for example, the fact that there was no American response, no visible American response to the Iranian-sponsored attack on the American base in eastern Syria, in Tanaf, by drones flown essentially by the IRGC against American targets. That's an act of war. And the, United, the American power has chosen essentially not to retaliate or respond. Uh, this raises questions about uh, the, let's say, the atmospherics of these negotiations. Will Iran come to Vienna um, with a sense that they have the upper hand in the regional game? So yes, there is, a, I believe, a profound connection, interaction between these events on the ground and what will be happening around the greenfield table. How do you think dangerous it is? I think it's very dangerous because I think that the very soft, almost uh, appeasement uh, of uh, the United States towards uh, Iran not only makes the Iranian uh, more self-assured and more aggressive, it also pushes Israel into the corner. And here, if the Americans, what they're trying to do is to avoid any major conflict between Israel and Iran, in a way, through their doing or lack thereof, they are pushing the two sides into a major uh, conflict. What would you suggest to the United States to do now? Well, the Iranians must be under no illusions that they can dictate to the international community the terms under which they will become a, a threshold nuclear power. And I believe that the American administration needs to, to signal very clearly what it will tolerate and what it would not tolerate. Have they done it so far? <clears throat> well, verbally from time to time. But very conflicting news from, or, or Indeed. messages Indeed. from and Washington. I think there's a, and perhaps there's even, um, although it's early to, to speculate about this, but there may be even tensions between different points of view within the Biden administration. I would say that the U.S. military, specifically uh, the CENTCOM command, once Israel w came over from the uh, European command, UCOM, area of responsibility to that of CENTCOM, has been conducting a remarkable array of joint exercises, uh, including uh, uh, the unprecedented participation of uh, Gulf countries, the Emirates and Bahrain, their navies, alongside the Israeli navy, to many Israelis of our generation, this might sound like science fiction, but CENTCOM is conducting these joint exercises, and they are openly declared to be connected to Iranian, potential Iranian threat scenarios. 
So at, at least at the military level, at the level of military strategy, there are signals to being uh, sent to Iran that they should not presume upon uh, the, this tolerance uh, by the United States or its allies in the region. Yep. So where do we go from here? Do you think that the Europeans will be on the side of Israel in, in terms of pushing the Americans to a tougher position as the French did back in 2015? Well, I think the French position has not changed. They have always been um, among the Western powers, um, certainly leaving Israel aside, but among the Western participants in the negotiations, they have actually been those who demanded the toughest concessions from the Iranians. They, they do not wish for reasons having to do with uh, their position as a strategic player in, in Africa in the, and, and in the region. They are close to the Gulfis. They have a, a, historically had a very warm relationship with the Emirates over the years. They now collaborate with the Emirates in the Eastern Mediterranean situation. So yes, they see things very much uh, the same way as we do. Uh, under uh, Boris Johnson, I think uh, Britain has always uh, has previously been uh, tough-minded on the Iranian question and can be relied upon. Um, once the Americans have conceded they are coming back to the table, they can consolidate uh, their position with that of the E3. Uh, and uh, and, and the, the, the messages uh, coming out of the IAEA, um, the... Uh, dire expressions of concern from Grossi uh, help the Europeans line up uh, with a tough American position should such a uh, position emerge in the negotiations. It's not impossible. And then we, are, we would be left with the question, where is China going and where would the Russians position themselves? The Russians also don't want a nuclear-armed Iran, but they've been free riders in a sense. They let the West play the game. What the Chinese may actually, decide is a Iran, I, the, the, delicate the Russians are the only ones who actually benefit from this crisis. I mean, they would like a protracted crisis because as long as oil prices keep up, their uh, economy continues to survive. Well, they're definitely dependent on, on hydrocarbon exports and the present uh, rise again in prices after the corona dip uh, is beneficial to, to, to Putin's uh, interests. Um, what they definitely do not want to see is a, uh, an array of their southern neighbors with nuclear weapons. They are already troubled enough about Pakistan, and they have no wish to see Iran and then perhaps Turkey and perhaps others uh, join the nuclear race. It's just that uh, they, it's, it's, it's been very convenient for them to, to benefit uh, on both sides of the ledger. In the short run. In the yeah. short run. Yeah. Well, what I see is that we have to be very careful. I mean, we is all those who are against uh, a nuclear Iran, which would be devastating. It will be a totally different uh, landscape globally. And uh, there is an erosion of the American position. First... They spoke about, before entering the negotiations, about a longer and stronger agreement, JCPOA, longer and stronger. And then the Iranians came with their demands. First of all, they wanted the lifting of sanctions before anything else. Well, I think there is some kind of thinking about that. And then they said, well, we're not going to go back to the, even to the old agreement 
but actually they want a lesser JCPOA, which means that they will be able to keep all the illegal um, mountains of enriched uraniums that they have done, uh, that they have uh, worked on in the last uh, two years. And now they're not even talking about going back to the JCPOA, the original one, let alone longer and stronger. So here, if we will not see a pulling together of the United States and together with uh, perhaps um, the UK and, uh, and France, uh, I think we are headed into a very, very dangerous road. And I hope that uh, Germany will be on their side. We don't know yet. Merkel is on her way out. The new leader, uh, the new chancellor that will be sworn in is from a leftist, more socialist uh, uh, persuasion, which may be more lenient. Germany is very much a, a major um, economic uh, partner of Iran. So this is very, very much entangled. And um, the well, sooner we'll find out, the better. Otherwise, I think there's going to be a lot of miscalculations here, including, including by our own country, Israel. And in order to make the point to everyone, the Saudis are sending clear signals that if Iran goes nuclear, so will they. And, and so if anyone assumes yeah. that the uh, nuclearization of the region can be contained, they're making a mistake. Egypt would like it. South, uh, uh, the Saudi Arabia, Turkey. Uh, above all, Erdogan. And of course, and of course. Who's speaking, already said, why, why just five? Right. Or, or seven, if you count India and Pakistan. Yeah. He's a friend of, a close friend of Pakistan. They work together uh, helping the Azeris, etc. So uh, uh, this, this could become a very, very uh, dangerous. Now, Iran, speaking generation. of... Uh, Erdogan, he did make a very, um, I would say, quick U-turn vis-a-vis Israel. Uh, here, we were quite astonished that uh, two Israeli innocent uh, tourists were, I would say, there's no other way, but kidnapped by the uh, Turkish uh, authorities. And uh, they were uh, threatened by protracted uh, uh, jail sentence. Uh, here, Israel, uh, from the president down, worked very diligently conveyed to the Turks what would be the consequences. Lo and behold, seven days and the, uh, the couple is back. Does that mean that there is a new balance of power between Israel and Turkey where the Turks understand Israel's regional influence that could be to their detriment? Well, first of all, of course, the, uh, the, the whole episode was slightly idiotic. They, it took a picture of the prime minister's of the president's residence in Istanbul, which is all over the YouTube, which everyone and knows anyway, and and and, yeah. and and the whole and and uh, I think her mistake was to to circle it in with with the kind of marker on her cell phone, which, of course, is is the whole story is. Uh, Patently absurd. I should hope that the Mossad does not employ uh, um, publicly familiar bus drivers with Facebook accounts as agents for any purpose. Well, you know what they say here. The joke is that you know these two couple. They are from Modi'in, Israel. Modi'in yeah, they, they say also means, means intelligence. intelligence in Israel. So maybe they thought some, that, the Turk, <laughs> some, some, Turk, uh, some interpreter maybe misinterpreted. Yeah, got it wrong. Now the, the story. The, 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 it's not the first time that the Turkish uh, government uses 
a, an individual and a trumped-up charge like the uh, Reverend Brunson something some time ago, in order to see if they can uh, manipulate uh, a foreign country into playing uh, their game. In this case, I think they did uh, draw a benefit in the sense that the prime minister and the president of Israel both called Erdogan to thank him, gave him some uh, some credit for his action. And quite significantly, significantly, all this comes against uh, a very um, striking decision by the Biden administration not to invite the elected president and government of Turkey to the Conference of Democracies, the Summit of Democracies, which Biden decided to convene in December 21. That's a slap in the face. Uh, for a regime that, uh, you know, the AKP party was an elected uh, party uh, with a majority or, or a plurality in, in parliament, uh, and uh, President Erdogan was elected again and again. Uh, with a very Islamist uh, ideology, unfortunately, uh, very radical Islamist, yeah. Right. He's, uh, the point is that the administration is signaling that his treatment of uh, dissenting voices, his treatment of journalists, his treatment of minorities, his jailing of uh, Kurdish um, leadership, his uh, um, increasingly um, authoritarian demeanor, and his Islamist ideological uh, references to everything from uh, uh, the Hagia Sophia to the use of human rights and civil rights, yeah. uh, and, And his support for terrorist organizations such as Hamas. All of these basically put Turkey, a member of NATO, mind you, outside the pale of democracies. Israel was invited. The Kazemi government in Iraq was invited, which is an interesting indication of how much the Americans are now invested in trying to um, turn Iraq away from its dependence on Iran. But Turkey is out. And I think Erdogan feels that he needs friends, or at least uh, he doesn't want to add to his list of enemies in Washington. Yeah, yeah. Well, time will tell, but uh, it seems like the Turkish uh, stand in the region is uh, sliding, at least uh, a little bit. And I think uh, Israel is is rising with the two alliances that we have, one in the eastern basin of the Middle East with uh, Cyprus and, uh, and Greece. And I'm sure this is very much to the, uh, to the real, um, I would say, concern of uh, of Erdogan. All you have to do is look at the list of countries which participated in the naval exercise uh, Nemesis in Cyprus. The United States, the French, right, and it, alongside the Israeli Navy and the Egyptian Navy. Again, mm-hmm. it sounds like sounds like the, I, normally the Egyptians would not participate right. alongside the Israelis in any military activity, but right. here they are, right. uh, and and that's a, another very clear signal to the Turks. And then the Indians talk about the Western Asian Quad, uh, like Australia, Japan, India, and United States Mm -hmm. in uh, East Asia or or the Indo-Pacific. They've mentioned now that India, the United States, the Emirates, and Israel (laughs) would constitute a kind of West Asian uh, uh, Quad. Uh, that's, uh, of course, very worrisome from an Iranian point of view, mm-hmm. but probably also from a Turkish perspective, because yeah. the UAE does look upon Turkey. Yeah. So as Israel a, today as has, has two major alliances, uh, the, the Western one, which we just talked about, and the Eastern one, I would say, is the one with the Gulf countries. And also, there are quite uh, numerous exercises, naval 
and uh, Ariel, Israel, and these uh, uh, Gulf countries with the United States, where um, the scenario is always uh, in the mind is Iran or defense against uh, Iran. At least this is what they say, even defensive, locally. Defensive. defensive the of offensive course, scenarios of course. are not being exercised, but because preemptive th- that's is, left to us. Right. To think because about. at the end of the day, preemptive is also defensive. Indeed. So, um, so we spoke about uh, Turkey and Turkish um, support of Hamas, and that brings us to what we wanted to discuss, uh, Hamas, and... Unfortunately, uh, yesterday, uh, one Israeli um, civilian was murdered in the old city. Two other were, um, were injured by a Hamas uh, terrorist. Not just a Hamas terrorist of the military wing, but he belonged to what they call, quote-unquote, the political wing. And Hamas has always been very wily in the sense that they try to separate and masquerade uh, between... Um, Two wings, the territory, the the the, the military, and uh, and and the political. Where the political is not less dangerous than the military in terms of financing, in terms of uh, uh, promoting, in first of supporting, in first of anything that can be wrong about it. The United Kingdom, uh, rightly so, declared the uh, political wing of Hamas as a terror organization. Hopefully, more countries will follow suit. By the way, Hamas, by most Western countries, is a terrorist, is a terrorist organization on, two, on, on all of its uh, uh, wings. So with the United uh, Kingdom is a major political, uh, um, I would say, win against terrorism. But at the same time, we see, although Hamas is quiet in Gaza, maybe uh, after lesson learned. Strikingly. Yeah, so. Maybe lesson learned Not after. Not even balloons yeah. and... Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, we do know that they're trying to stir up uh, terrorism and violence in the West Bank. Utilizing the weakness of the Palestinian Palestinian and, of course, of uh, Abu Mazen. And again, there is a um, problem here or a concern of miscalculation, where Hamas can again overstep and will Israel have to react. First of all, on the British decision, I, when I was still in government, I used to do a show to, to diplomats on this question of mm-hmm. a wing uh, with a, without a head, a, a very strange bird which has a wing but doesn't have a head. Of course, the political leadership is at the head of uh, Hamas, is, and the same goes for Hezbollah. So designing the terrorist wing, the, the military wing is a terrorist organization and ignoring the, uh, the head is, is an absurdity. Uh, and and uh, and rightly uh, corrected now uh, in London, hopefully. I mean, it still would go to Parliament, I believe. Yeah. But having said so, um, Hamas is a fact of life in Gaza, with which we are obliged to somehow find a modus vivendi because we have no wish to conquer them. The Palestinian Authority has no prospect of regaining governance there. And our tool of influence is, on one hand, uh, the Gatari money, which, by the way, portrays Hamas essentially as a uh, protection racket rather than as a terrorist organization. But at the same time, the Egyptian influence, they they cannot ignore uh, where they are, given uh, the dependence of Gaza on Egypt, uh, looking down the future, uh, down the road. Egypt 
is influential, and the Egyptians share our vested interest in keeping Hamas um, restrained. And uh, in the month since the major, last major break of, of violence in May, um, I believe that uh, serious efforts have been made to uh, dissuade Hamas uh, from pursuing a, a policy of confrontation. But uh, as you say, they have shifted their efforts from Gaza, where they face a very clear um, disadvantage, uh, disadvantage yeah. and, and exposure to Israeli effective reactions, to the West Bank, where they are trying to, uh, and, and, and Jerusalem, where they are trying to upstage the uh, steadily weakening Palestinian authority. And, and Iran, to, to that point, this is probably the main reason why Abu Mazen, the head, the head of Fatah and the Palestinian Authority, have postponed repeatedly elections because he knows that Hamas may win the elections also in the West Bank. Uh, firstly, because of the weakness of the Palestinian Authority and, its and their corruption, corruption absolutely. Right. And at the same time, the Hamas is kind of holding the flag. They're working very hard uh, with uh, terror uh, activities but also with uh, what they call the Dawa. Yeah. And uh, they have a lot of uh, money, unfortunately, mainly from uh, Iran, from Turkey, from other Western... calories uh, and Western communities, Muslim Western communities overseas, including in London, which now hopefully the British will, uh, will stop I that, mean, uh, that stream. To stop it. And the only reason that uh, Hamas has not made a coup d'etat in the West Bank in Ramallah, as they did in 2007 in Gaza, is because of the Israeli presence there. Yeah. So there is really the a commonality. I used to say the Palestinian security forces have a gravitational interest because being thrown off the 16th floor, which is what Hamas did to Fatah operatives uh, in 2007, is not a very pleasant experience that you look mm -hmm. forward to. Mm -hmm. So the cooperation, uh, the visit of our uh, head of our Shin Bet, our security uh, organization, uh, in Ramallah, uh, as well as in Jordan, uh, it's and part Egypt, of the yeah. and Egypt is mm -hmm. part of the effort to contain and deter Hamas. So it seems like uh, Hamas, in a very kind of you know uh, odd way, have strengthened the alliance between Israel and Egypt, and Israel and Jordan. Mm -hmm. And even the interest of Israel in assisting the PA, at least at the economic level, and, and things have been done mm -hmm. uh, uh, to, to give Abbas some tools of governance, mm -hmm. which would be more effective. And, um, well, last thing, I think, also ramification of the Hamas terror in, uh, in Gaza is Israel's allowing Egypt to bring more uh, troops to, um, to the Sinai, which is contrary to the peace uh, treaty of 1978. Subject the military. to our agreement. Absolutely. Which shows how um, seriously Israel uh, sees the threat from Hamas and also, which we have not uh, mentioned, but also uh, Al-Qaeda and ISIS cells are still yeah. rampant in uh, uh, in uh, Sinai. So the Egyptians are gaining the upper hand in the war against Sinai province, but it is a slow story. Yeah. So, Iran, we still see a major grave threat by Hamas, supported by uh, Iran, and we'll have to stand fast with all our allies here. I want to thank uh, Colonel Iran for another uh, show of Middle East Review. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.